3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Welcome in. It's the Early Line. We're live right here on SportsGrid. It is a Friday morning. I'm Kevin Walsham, joined by Donnie Wrightside side. It should be an interesting two hours, DRS. How you feeling? I barely got any sleep last night,
5: Kevin. Still buzzing over that mm. hockey game. that win the four overtimes. You wouldn't know it because the energy is right for a Friday because it's payday and we're ready to get this underway.
4: Mm. Hockey has you energized. The NBA has me energized because people have been bothering me all morning long and not in person uh-huh. but of course the internet let's get straight to it Denver has a 2-0 series lead over the Los Angeles Lakers 108 103 comeback style here with a big fourth quarter they scored 32 points at one point in the third quarter Denver had made more threes six in the fourth than the Lakers had made in the entire game up to that point, which was five. The Lakers were able to tack on a couple more, though. Made this a close game, but just could not pull back Denver up 2-0 in the Western Conference Finals. Back-to-back games, Kevin, game in the balance in the fourth quarter. The Denver Nuggets
5: were just the better team overall. They had their secondary options, if you even want to call Jamal Murray a secondary option, just because of how good Nikola Jokic is. He was phenomenal, knocking down big shot after big shot after big shot. And we talked about it in the first game, Kevin, when you looked at the Lakers. They shot the lights out, shot very well from three-point range. That didn't happen last Mm -hmm. night. They end up losing backs against the wall as they go back to L.A. on Saturday night.
4: Yeah, no, look, at the end of the day, the the top duos here, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, have completely outplayed LeBron in AD. Yeah. Anthony Davis, tell me if you're surprised. After scoring 40 last game, do you think he scored over 20? No. LeBron, inefficient, can't buy a three. Two games in Denver, no made threes. Total disaster on that side of it here. Lakers were competitive, though. A lot of people are angry, including Michael Malone. We'll get to all of it. On the ice, though, last night, as you mentioned, Donnie, one of the longest games in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 3-2 final, though, of course, to the Florida Panthers. The pesky Panthers do it once again and steal home ice. Throwing
5: rats on the ice. I wonder if they did that last night late into the night. That's what makes hockey sometimes so special because every single rush up the ice could end the game and they went four overtimes. They played seven periods of hockey last night. It'll be interesting to see who's the fresher team coming into game number two now.
4: We mentioned the way the Stanley Cup odds would shift off of potentially a Florida win. They mm-hmm. are now just $1 behind. Not even that, right? Vegas plus 230, Florida plus 240. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the mm-hmm. odds for the Stanley Cup playoffs are as close as can be. The PGA, 10 cents. You got me there, DRS. Thanks for the help this morning. It's the least you could do. PGA championship here. Bryson D. Shambo, clubhouse leader. The thing is, not everybody was able to finish yesterday, so it looked a little odd. Round one leader tickets haven't cashed in that way. The favorite, though, is still Scotty Scheffler checking in at plus 220. Yeah, I got to tell you,
5: watching the tournament yesterday, you know, they had that weather delay in the morning, but again, it wasn't because of rain or wind or anything like that. It was just because of frost conditions, so it was a little bit chilly, but it was a beautiful day yesterday. The one thing we do know, Kevin, this golf course is going to be really tough.
4: Yeah, and we'll keep our eyes locked on that. We'll hit it at the top of hour number two just to get a sense of maybe how some of the early scores uh, could be rolling in here today. Yesterday, for, for those that were not following along, a delayed start there, about an hour 50 from when they had intentionally – Uh, or when they initially wanted to tee off. Today, underway, right on time. We'll see how things start to trickle in here early morning. Let's bring our radio audience into the fold here. It is the early line on SiriusXM. Channel 159, Kevin Walsh, Donnie Wrightside with you here. Friday morning, getting over to Major League Baseball, Otani and Trout added again a home run for each of the Angels superstars, and they needed him 6-5 here as they beat the Baltimore Orioles. And what actually ended up being comeback fashion for L.A. Yeah, both these teams going back and forth here. 23
5: hits combined. But if I would have told you before the game, Kevin, you know what's going to happen in this game? Otani and Trout are going to home. You go, yeah, Baltimore probably won 13-2 because that's usually what happens. But how about this? They needed both of those home runs, and they won a game where both of those guys hit home runs there. Good win
4: for the Angels here, staying above 500 on the season. Absolutely. So another good win for the New York Yankees as well. All of a sudden, the Yanks... Playing some good baseball. They've climbed themselves out of last place in the AL East. They're right there with these Toronto Blue Jays after taking three out of four on the road, all powered by Aaron Judge, who was red hot. Six homers in his last six games.
5: Yeah, Bichette yesterday and also Judge certainly doing some damage there at the plate. Also, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did not start this game but came in later as a pinch hitter. What do you want out of Cortez, Kevin? It hasn't been very good this season, but if you're going to tell me he's going to go on the road against a divisional opponent, six innings pitch and two earned runs, you take that every single time. Good performance by him.
4: How about Pete Alonzo? We talked about the race for the home run crown in Major League Baseball, a market all year long that uh, had initially favored Aaron Judge, then Judge dealing with the injury. It put Pete Alonzo at the top. And it could be a situation where these two guys race one another all year long. The polar bear puts one out. The Mets beat the Tampa Bay Rays again. Yeah, another guy, Tyler
5: McGill, who was on the mound yesterday struggling for the Mets, does almost exactly the same thing that Nestor Cortez did. Six innings pitched, two run runs, keeping your team in it. That's a big-time win. The Rays are a good ball club. And if you're pulling out wins, no matter how close they are, they still
4: count the same. And then lastly here, Major League Baseball, DRS yesterday looking at a Dodgers team total. The Dodgers lost by eight. The team total was an easy window walker. What in the world is this final score here? 16-8, Tani. The Cards beat up on L.A. I told you it
5: was hitting weather out there. I mean, every single update felt like somebody (laughs) went yard yesterday, and they just about did. It was
4: pretty tremendous. Absolutely so. A six-RBI game for Wilson Contreras. We'll be right back. Western Conference
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: ba da ba ba ba
2: Welcome.
4: We're right here on the early line, we begin in Denver. The Nuggets up 2-0 on the Los Angeles Lakers. 108-103. The Lakers cover. This game goes well underneath the total. The star of the game, Jamal Murray, 22 points in the fourth quarter, finished with 37 chipped in, 10 rebounds, five assists, four steals. And by the way, you could try and argue that maybe he wasn't the star of the game because Nikola Jokic continues to put up some of the most jaw-dropping numbers uh, that the NBA has seen, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. Both of their two superstars, the Denver Nuggets, were excellent in this game, and their key others stepping up where they needed a Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown, uh, a game best, plus 16. The Denver Nuggets came back in the second half of this game, but more specifically the fourth quarter, with a barrage of three-pointers that put them in control. This was, at one point, a double-digit Laker lead, but the Lakers were not able to hold on to that lead. They were not able to push that lead forward. By the time we got into the fourth quarter, this was just a three-point basketball game. It feels for a lot of people like the Lakers let one slip. The Denver Nuggets are in control. When you're up 2-0, how could that be? How could anything else be the case? But why I am bothered this morning, and I am legitimately bothered this morning, is how the Lakers go to Denver, play two games down to the wire, as evidenced by the fact that they've covered in both of their losses so far, And the chatter among some is that the series is over. Sometimes having a breakdown in a series can just break people's brains. And they cannot help but overreact with what is right in front of them. What you are seeing is the two best teams in the Western Conference going down to the wire, playing evenly matched games that Denver's been able to close the door on both times. And they deserve massive, massive credit for that. But the notion that this is series over before we went to Los Angeles, Donnie, where the Lakers have yet to lose this postseason is ridiculous and maddening to listen to. It is.
5: And, you know, sometimes we only see what we see, which you just look at the bottom line. The Nuggets are up 2-0. Oh, man, it's going to be really hard to come back from that, which it is going to be, which is why some of these price points now get a little bit more attractive. I told you heading into this series. I thought the Lakers were in the series. I thought they would lose game one. Bet them. I actually got a push out of the Nuggets. at a minus six here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Then we moved to game two. Honestly, Kevin, I thought the Lakers would win this outright. I did take them at five and a half. And lo and behold, 108 to 103 they lost. But that's still a covering ticket. Now, I also said, Kevin, live on the air, I want the Lakers to lose game one because I'm going to get a better price in the series. They actually did. And they mm-hmm. had that. I never bet it there. And I'm always, I like you know what? I forgot around to it. It happens. And fully expecting to wake up this morning with the Lakers tied at 1-1 and go, man, I really missed the boat. But now the Lakers are down 0-2 here. And I agree with you. The Nuggets are a very good team. And if you would have told me, like, hey, man, the Warriors just went on the road and won two games in the playoffs to start out 2-0 in a series, I'd say, wow, that's really unexpected. But honestly, take a look at this objectively. By the way, the Nuggets won two games close at home. Yeah, so? They're the best team in the league at home with the ultimate home court advantage. They took care of business. Now the Lakers are going to go back home to Crypto.com. They need to return fire. But having said that, at the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning right now, I logged on this morning. Put $50 down on the Los Angeles Lakers to win the NBA championship. Donnie, you idiot, you dummy. Why are you wasting your money? It's not the point here what i do expect to still happen is the lakers have a legitimate chance to win the series maybe they will maybe they won't kevin it's not a minus 110 price for the lakers to come back and do it it's plus 850 so a 50 dollar investment pays back 475 and if they do get to the finals you can turn that ticket into profitability now granted you are looking at a deep climb up the hill here for the lakers they have to win both games at home and what does that do It's a best of three now with Denver having home court advantage, one of the best home court places you can possibly be. But I'm not turning my back on the Lakers because what's the one thing, Kevin, we said, or at least we were talking about primarily myself as well. You know what? The playoff format really fits the Lakers. They're not playing back-to-backs. They're a veteran team. They've won championships before. I think they'll be able to step up and play well. Nobody's been injured just yet, so cross your fingers. The Lakers still have a legitimate chance. If they win Saturday night, I'm going to say, Kevin, game on.
4: Yeah, look, the thing is, the Lakers are five-and-a-half-point favorites in those games. True. The same number that Denver was favored here in game two. But So then let's get to the next thing that's bothering me to no end. The, the, the end of game one was a, a very unique situation in that despite Denver winning, the Lakers had made very notable in-game adjustments that had worked in slowing down Denver. Michael Malone is furious that anybody is giving the Lakers credit for those adjustments, as well as most of the folks on the line. Well, now, as Denver's up 2-0, people feel like those, oh, I can't believe anybody thought those adjustments mattered. Interesting. Denver in Game 2 made only one less three-point shot than Game 1 and one less free throw but scored 24 less points in the basketball game. The Lakers actually did figure out a better way to be more competitive on the defensive side of the basketball in this series against this offense. It's a real thing. No matter how much it bothers Michael Malone or the people who are still crying that Denver doesn't get enough respect, it's a real thing. Get over it. It's okay. People are actually attempting. It's a good thing to talk about basketball in a different way than just reading off statistics of the stars. But if that's what you want, then fine, we will do that. Where this series right now is being decided is in a way that the Lakers fans and Lakers backers would have said, oh, no doubt we're winning this battle, which is our top two versus your top two. But right now, the Denver top two is dominating this series. Jokic versus Anthony Davis isn't close. It's not close. Of course, A.D., of course, A.D., after scoring 40, rocked up the next game with an awful offensive performance. And he's not been his typical stalwart defensive self over the course of the two games. He was obviously much better here as game one went on and in this game, another four-block performance. LeBron, while he actually was very good defensively last night and held his own in the second half of that game against Nikola Jokic, cannot be... 0 for 10 from 3 over two games in a series. Can't win with it. Can't have it. And some of those threes are questionable, but at some point he expects him to go in, and that's understandable because LeBron has been shooting a high volume of threes for a number of years now and usually has himself a good game. And while those two are having down performances, Jamal Murray was stinking up the joint through three quarters and then found his groove in the fourth quarter and was completely unstoppable and iced this game. And Nicole Jokic still can control everything on the offensive end, whether he is scoring or not, by consistently making the right read and putting people in the right position to succeed. The biggest difference in this series right now is that Denver's top two is dominating the matchup against a LeBron and AD top two.
5: Yes, and that's going to be what it comes down to, Kevin. Superstars versus superstars. Who steps up in the biggest moments? Now, the joke is yesterday, right? You take a look at Anthony Davis. He had 40 points in game one, and I told you, and I love doing this. Man, when superstars get it going, they really want to press it down. Now, I guess he did it 4 of 15, but the joke would be like, ah, you know what, I don't want to get 4 I want to get everybody else involved, which is, you know, not certainly what happened last night. But you do need better performances out of Anthony Davis, and I do believe you'll get that on your home court. But he was still good on the glass, 14 rebounds yesterday. LeBron James, if you're rolling over, remember we were talking about the triple-double props? Like, hey, man, just Mm -hmm. missed it by one in game one. Just missed it again in game number two. He's giving you that all-around effort, but the one thing that you like, what was the reason, Kevin? Why most people started buying into the Lakers with the best excuse me with the best record in the NBA basically post deadline was the bench and help was on the way. You got 22 points out of Austin Reeves, who's coming into his own right in front of our eyes in the biggest moments, and then Rui Hachimura, 30 minutes, ultra efficient, eight of 10 from the floor for 21 points here. They are guys stepping up. Now, if you could just get the LeBron James 30 point night, the Anthony Davis 25 point night, and the bench coming up in play, that's what you'll get at Crypto.com. Arena. I'm looking forward to Saturday night.
4: We will circle back to the Western Conference Finals in hour number two. We make the move to the Eastern Conference Finals next year on the early line
2: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. ba 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 ba
4: Back right here on The Early Line as I try and calm down this morning. Because, again, I am genuinely bothered by what a lot of people are saying. And, well, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. It's not that big of a deal. DRS invested on the Lakers plus 850 to win an NBA championship there, which is nice to see. Maybe, though, maybe he'll get invested in a team as well out east. I mean, there's still some big prices that can be had, at least on one of the teams, uh, which would be the team leading the series, the Miami Heat, who are also at plus 850, which I actually think maybe then, Donnie, is the perfect way to start this all off here. (laughs) The Lakers are down 0-2, 0-2 to the Denver Nuggets, the number one seed, mm-hmm. meaning the Lakers going to have to win four to the next five games. Miami is up 1-0. Lakers and Heat booked at the same price. But that, to me, is not about Laker love or Denver slander. It is about the fact that the books at any moment's notice, tonight if the Celtics take a 2-0 lead in the basketball game, and I just mean if they make the first layup of the game, they might move Boston to plus 100 to win the NBA championship here. Is it not still surprising how much love and respect the Celtics are getting as it pertains to the NBA finals market? yeah it's like who is actually
5: putting in the readings into the analytics right like okay let's formulate our opinion and you look over in the corner and be like well, who's putting them in oh joe smith is well where's joe sit over in the corner he's got a larry bird jersey on over there no wonder these numbers are skewed here in this way because it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that the Celtics are going to win now having said that kevin right betting this series now Maybe you missed your price there, right? Because it was a monster number that you're getting on the Miami Heat before the series even started. Now the Heat win a game, it's plus 170. So we're looking tonight, and we'll break this game down, as you said, a little bit later in the show. But let's just say it's an easy victory by the Celtics. Why would you bet the Heat at plus one seventy tonight? At that point, sit it out. Hopefully, the Celtics blow it out, which gives you that even added. Like, oh yeah, the public's back in on the Celtics. There's no way they're going to lose. Then you go back to Miami for two games, and you're probably sitting with a price point around what again? Plus three hundred here on the Miami Heat, still with home court advantage. That's where I would get involved.
4: Well, so I, I think then to, you know you, you you talk about getting over to the series price, right? And yeah. if you, you're right, instead of betting Miami, Miami at plus one seventy to win the series. I think you'd be much better off betting them at plus 850 to win the title. Right? Mm -hmm. Or you would just bet them on tonight's money line. So I I totally agree in that sense. When you look at some of the, the series spreads here, right? Miami plus a game and a half is minus 184. I don't think most people are going to be looking to bet that. Boston to finish this in six games, again, they've certainly not given anybody. I don't know who they've given other than the odds makers, the confidence that that's going to happen. Let me throw out a big plus ticket number to you, Donnie. Mm -hmm. The Heat minus a game and a half, which is plus Mm. 260, meaning that they can finish this before a potential game seven, which if they protect home court, win three, four, and six, that's exactly what they'll do. And I think what we would have to be aware of, all you really actually need is Miami to go into that game six with the opportunity because The Celtics are going to be favored. This is just the reality of it, right? They're going to be favored in a potential game six, back against the wall. We would be eliminated tonight game. And you'd be able to even, if you wanted to, hedge off the plus 260 number, juice to you on a price like that with the Heat.
5: Yes, and also when you're taking a look at closing out series, Kevin, the reason why some of the more popular opinions for the underdog is we'll close them out in game six. Why? Because game six is in that, you know, teams, the underdog, excuse me, is building in those game sixes. So if I'm looking from a closeout perspective for the Miami Heat, I would be looking at Game Six right now, and from a Lakers excuse me, from a Celtics perspective, Kevin, if they get to a Game Seven, that's where I'd look at the Celtics to close out. I don't think the Celtics are just going to mow through and say, okay, we we'll let you get Game One. We're going to get a gentleman sweep or even clinch on Miami's home court. If I'm looking for a Celtics win in this series, Kevin, it's probably going to be Game Seven.
4: Yeah, look, and that's obviously what the oddsmakers are expecting, though. With that number now being minus 184 for Boston uh, or for Miami plus a game and a half here. The the expectation with the Celtics still being favored in the series is that this is going to go the distance. If you look at the total games market right now, seven games at plus 150 is the shortest price. I want to do a little side by side here, though, on the two best players in this series, which is Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. And if you go, you know, if you ask somebody in February... Hey, who's better, Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler, right? It'd be a very short conversation where someone would say, are you kidding me? Look at Jason Tatum. 30 points per game. He's obviously going to be all NBA first team, finished up with plenty of MVP votes. And then the second the playoffs begin, the answer changes. The answer changes to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has been inarguably better than Jason Tatum during this postseason run. He was inarguably better than him during last year's postseason run. But sometimes it still takes people a while to kind of cross that threshold and actually be willing to acknowledge that jimmy butler has that head-to-head advantage when we talk about who is the best player in this series. And when you take it to the top point score market, which is a market right now, Donnie, that is basically positioned as Tatum versus Butler, you can start mm-hmm. to kind of figure out where me, maybe where that value is. Because the third option is 19-1 to one on Jalen Brown. Tatum is still the favorite at minus 150. Jimmy Butler at plus 120. Jimmy right now the leader with a 35-point performance in the opening game. Tatum, though, not far behind with a 30-piece. Anything jump out to you when you see those numbers for the top point score here in the series?
5: Uh- I think it's about right, because when you take a look at Jimmy Butler, like, yes, he's going to do what it takes to get the job done, whether that means getting 26 points and adding nine rebounds, eight assists, and six steals, where Jason Tatum always feels like usage rate is always going to be high. Because Jason Tatum very rarely goes, well, I'm just not making shots in the first quarter. I'm going to stop shooting. He goes all the way through. But also remind yourself that the fact when Jason Tatum gets Mm -hmm. it going in the first half, he can continue that in the second half and put up big numbers. The reason why I do think it's right to have Jason Tatum at that minus 150 price Because I think his ceiling game performance is higher than Jimmy Butler. If you go and say to yourself, man, Jimmy was unbelievable tonight, 31 points. I can also say Jason Tatum was unbelievable. Yeah, he scored 44. No surprise there. He's already had a 50-point shot here in the playoffs. That's why it's so hard. But you're right. We're only through one game here, and if you think the Miami Heat are going mm-hmm. to win the series, Jimmy Butler is not going to score 19 points a game, Kevin. He's going to be closer to his points prop there every game, which is usually listed at 27 and a half, 28 and a half in that range. But when I look at it myself, I still give Tatum the edge because it just seems like around the corner, there's one of those lights where he shoots 26 times, fills it up, gets to the free throw line, and drops like. 44 points in a game here, which then would probably give you a 15 point cushion on Butler just from that game alone.
4: And and, and that is the notion on Tatum. And that's why that price is what it is. Mm -hmm. But what's being forgotten. I think in the pricing is that Tatum is also going to at least once in this series score under 20 points and we'll see how bad that game is round one against Atlanta. He went out there and scored 19 on 8 of 21 shooting but in that series he never had the big explosive game Be- the best performance was a 31 point game and then you go to the philly series nani he had a 51 point performance no doubt he also had a game where he scored seven mm-hmm. seven seven points and then he had another game where he scored 19 and if not for scoring 16 of those 19 in the fourth quarter, we would have been looking at two absolute clunkers. Jimmy Butler has had one game so far this postseason where he did not get above 20 points, and he landed at bang 19. Jimmy Butler in that opening round against Milwaukee, 37.6 points per game in the series. He's So we've seen Jimmy go out there and hit those heights, right? And we saw that last year, even from Jimmy Butler, because when you go back to last year's Eastern Conference Finals, the leading point scorer, Donnie, was Jimmy Butler. I know it's only a five-point lead. Maybe the fact that game two is in Boston and that is going to just favor Jason Tatum having the bigger game specifically tonight. So maybe then the value comes in when we go to Miami on Jimmy Butler. But this to me should be much closer to pick him right now. I think the Tatum price is too strong. No, and and but look, I am agreeing with you, for, for say of the
5: conversation, even though I do think Tatum should get the nod over it. We're saying to ourselves, if the Miami Heat, once again, Kevin, this is the principal foundations of this series, right? The Heat win, what are you saying to mm-hmm. yourself? Well, oh, buy I, I was amazing. Nah. Kyle Lowry was tremendous off the bench. No, you're saying like, my goodness, Mm -hmm. this is why we wait for the playoffs to get Jimmy Butler out there because he dominates in the biggest moments. He's not afraid to have the ball in his hand with six minutes to go in a game and a one possession game and say, oh, you know what? If I need to have the ball every single time down the court here to end this game, I'll be able to do that. That's what you always have in your back pocket. And there's really good reason that you might believe that the Miami Heat can win this series. Now, granted, it's 1-0, but it's Heat 1-0. They have home court advantage, and we're talking about this even before game two, which there's a chance here, Kevin, that the Miami Heat can go up 2-0 before going back to Miami, and then it's probably a wrap. Who knows what happened with Jason Tatum at that point here? So I agree with your premise here, but I'm just going on what sometimes I watch and see for the Boston Celtics. If you feel they're still the favorite, which they are, they're going to be led by Jason Tatum. His usage rate, whether or not he's making shots, is going to be through the roof, and I just feel like eventually he's going to put it together. And even his bad games, 26, 27, 28, they're Jimmy Butler's really good games, typically, and that's what I lean on.
4: Yeah, but that is the thing. His bad games in in the postseason are actually just awful games. And Jimmy's great games in the postseason are way different, and that's how we get here. What is interesting, though, is that Tatum is only minus 125 to win Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Jimmy Butler is plus 180. The Heat are plus 170 to win the series. So you see right there in the pricing, the idea is simple. If the Heat win, it is Jimmy Butler. We, and, and those... We we talk about things like that all the time, right? If you go to the Western Conference Finals, the same thing is typically true of Nicole Dokic, though Jamal Murray is obviously making some early considerations there. Think about Super Bowl MVP stuff with how it relates to quarterback pricing. Tatum being minus 125, but Boston being minus 220 to win the series is an interesting number to look at here. We're coming up against the break. When we come back, we're talking about some prospects. Victor Webidiyama, Kayla Williams, as well as some baseball awards. That's all coming up right here on the Early Line on a Friday morning Live right here on Sports Good. It's the early line. It's Friday morning. And the NBA draft lottery was just, uh, just, you know, in the mix. People chatting about it. People trying to figure out just how good is Victor Webinyama going to be. Some folks saying that if he is not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that would be disappointing. Feels like it's a lofty bar for Victor Webinyama to try and approach there. But nevertheless, Donnie, here we are. With Victor Webanyama. can I just make this quick point here? And then we'll kind of get mm-hmm. to, to what the conversation is going to be. Do you ever remember a situation where a team wins the draft lottery and then they go and speak to what is the likely first overall pick and they say, hey, congratulations on being a San Antonio Spur. How does it how does it feel? I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like there's no the Spurs aren't going to pretend to trade the pick. The Spurs aren't going to pretend to talk to any other prospects. Like, how I've never seen that nobody's even interested in the charade of it all.
5: Yeah, it's been a while. Like, back into the 90s when Shaquille O'Neal went to the Orlando Magic, you know, they won the lottery, and they had an Orlando Magic Shaquille O'Neal jersey that they held up at the actual, you know, (laughs) just when the lottery actually came out at that point. So it's pretty wild sometimes that teams just think it's a foregone conclusion, and it probably is at this point. And from an NBA perspective, I mean, do they really care? Hey, don't give your hand away, like the NFL would say, until, like, opening night and take your entire time on the clock. That's not happening. People tanked for a reason. They tanked for Webanyama.
4: He's going to San Antonio. I will say, we do this every year when it, it takes too long for the first pick to come off of the board. But we go, ah, look, they might be fielding last-minute field calls. No tolerance. The Spurs shouldn't even be on the clock. Okay? Wembenyama gets up, walks across the stage, put the Hornets on the deal. Let's not waste time. I want to do a little comparison here, though, because we have a couple of interesting markets available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Because of all of the Wembenyama hype, we have Rookie of the Year odds posted, but only Victor Wembenyama odds. Victor is minus 245 to win rookie of the year anybody else is plus 186 which again it makes sense it'd be hard to book the entirety of that market when you don't know where anybody is going to land at least they know that vic is going to san antonio compare that though to the nfl draft kayla williams the usc quarterback uh, last year's heisman trophy winner who is back in action is minus 350 to be the first quarterback selected also coming up, up against the field there at plus 210. Donnie, Vic to be the rookie of the year. Caleb Williams to be the first quarterback selected. What's the better bet?
5: All right, let, first, let's punch holes in both of these guys, right? Because if you say it yourself with Victor Webin-Yama, we're looking at him as the best prospect in the draft since LeBron James and maybe the greatest player we've ever seen in the history of basketball as a sport. That's what the hype coming into with Victor webin is. Whether he lives up to that is totally irrelevant at this point. But if you're looking at this, Kevin, once he go to San Antonio, lay this for me. Minus 245, we saw it as low as like a minus 175 price here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin. But also, is this what happens here? He goes to San Antonio. Pop goes, you know what? I don't think he's ready to play yet. Five minutes a game, coming off the bench. He's got to earn his playing time in the NBA, right? You can almost you can almost make an opinion that Pop will do that just to be out there and just be one of those type of guys like, oh no, 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 no. He's gotta learn he can't be entitled here, right? And then we flip it over to Caleb Williams. How many times do we see this, Kevin? Right? We know who the best quarterback coming into the season is. It's Caleb Williams. We know teams have been eyeing him for two years now, waiting to tank just to get a chance to draft him and say to themselves, I can change my franchise overnight if we get this kid. But you know how this plays out, Kevin. Caleb Williams goes through the season and is absolutely phenomenal. He then ends the regular season in football. Maybe he wins a championship. Maybe he doesn't. Then for a two to three week period, like, yeah, he's the number one pick. And then all of a sudden we start to hear, Oh, them hands look a little bit little here. Ooh, yeah, but it's Hmm. Lincoln Riley's offense. Everybody does this. Do you remember when Baker Mayfield, he won the Heisman? Look what he did in the NFL. Ooh, this might just be a system quarterback here. I don't know how far we can trust him. And then we start to see May out of North Carolina rise up and challenge him in the numbers. And then a guy we've never heard of for five months suddenly appears like (laughs) Guy runs a 4 with a cannon arm. He's going to be the number one pick. We know how this goes. So as I punch holes in both arguments for me, it's got to still be Webb and Yama because if you just use common sense and we think he's going to be as good as he's going to be, he plays on a bad basketball team, Kevin. He's going to log 35 minutes every single night to put up statistics here. Now in football, you can get injured. You can have other guys pass you by. Maybe things don't work out in your favor. Even though I do think Caleb Williams is a slam dunk to be number one, I would be shocked if all this hype on Webb and Yama is, yeah, this guy is a good basketball player, but he's not a great one. He's got to win rookie of the year
4: just by default. So while, again, and he's a minus 245 favorite, favorite to win rookie of the year, if I'm getting involved with one of these right now, because injury is would probably be the, the biggest thing that you would worry about. Well, Caleb Williams could reasonably be injured, Donnie, and still go first overall. Webb Yama cannot miss half the year. Well, honestly, he probably could. Okay. But he couldn't miss 60 games and still win rookie of the year. And that is one of the big concerns over Vic. Some feel like they're a little unfair, but yes and no. I know it's unfair that it's all we can talk about in terms of potential negatives, but when a guy is seven foot five and we've never seen him before, it's typically what the conversation leads to. It's people getting worried about will this guy hold up and be able to last at his size? And at minus 245, right, Donnie? Typically, when does an award go to minus 245, right? And how much? stronger will, will an award price go from minus 245, right? Not that much better. Whereas odds to be the first quarterback selected or however you want to frame it, right, to be the first overall pick, think about that Bryce Young price. We had moments where we thought to ourselves, wait a minute, you know what? Is minus 350 value on Bryce? to go first overall. Oh, all of a sudden it's minus 1,000, all of a sudden it's minus 20,000, all of a sudden it's minus 100,000 there. Where I think for the Caleb Williams, it's safer through injury. And in terms of beating the number, it feels like you would have a better chance to do so on Caleb Williams.
5: Now you're right about it. And it's a very sound philosophy. And by the way, shout out to you for calling him Vic, which has thrown me off two or three times now. we we'll have to look down at my monitor to look at his first name because I've only heard Victor or Webb and Yama. So Vic is throwing me off oh. as if it was like, hey, who's, yeah. who's this new guy coming into the field here? They got to worry about But it is, Webb and Yama. I'm just looking okay. at it. You're right. An injury can derail a lot of things. But I do believe if you do have an injury to Caleb Williams, depending on what that injury is, that could certainly sure. set back the timeline. And Kevin, it's football. You're more likely to get injured in football than you are in basketball. But again, if I had a notion, say, you know what, I'm just going to bet Webb and Yama right now, minus 245. I'm telling you right now, like in the middle of December, like Popovich sending a message to Webb and Yama that he can't show up to like practice later just because he scored 32 <laughs> last night. <laughs> He's not bigger than the team. Like, just don't do that. And he should run away with rookie of the year because the one thing we do know as well, granted, there are voters inside the markets, right? Where you are saying, okay, beat writers and all of a sudden, but the NBA would love nothing more than an international player once again to be one of the best in the league. That's great for the global environment, I also put those conspiracy theories in there as well. So that's the way I would roll with it. It's Web and Yama to me. If I'm to believe all the hype that I've watched for 30 minutes of the guy,
4: he better be Rookie of the Year. Say... <laughs> <laughs> ah, There's nothing better than you just taking the chance yep. to undercut your uh-huh. own point. It really, it is, so, yeah. it is so impressive. It really, really is. <laughs> so, I, I think the, the one thing I would say in terms of Caleb Williams, though. And I I, I will give you credit for this point there. It's... When you are Caleb Williams and we kind of already know you're great, it's a little easier for people then to fall in love with somebody else. Right? Yes. And Drake May is the guy that's right there. I also do, and that's why I put first quarterback selected, because I am still curious kind of what happens if the Cardinals end up with the first pick and they still want to commit to Kyler Murray. Could they draft Marvin Harrison Jr.? I don't know. We'll see how that all plays out. But it's a fun conversation. Here's another interesting conversation, DRS. Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep. AL MVP, the Otani Award, as we feel like it is going to be. He's minus 110 to win it. Ronald Acuna Jr., though, is creeping up in terms of being at a similar point in the NL MVP market, as he is plus 140. The second closest option to both guys is at the same price. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., plus 1200. Fernando Tatis Jr., plus 1200. Who is the better bet to win their league's MVP?
5: I I still got to say it's going to be Shohei Ohtani at this point here, because what he does is just ridiculous. I was on earlier in the week with Davis Matic, and he had the same opinion as me. Like, Ohtani can be like your fifth-best starter, and as long as he's pitching to a a four-and-a-half ERA, he's going to be the MVP because nobody can do what he does here. But if you're watching from a statistical standpoint, every single night, like Ronald Acuna, what is he, 5'7", 5'8", out there? He hits mammoth shot after shot after shot and is the catalyst for the Atlanta Braves. It's really fun to watch. Then the jokes come right vladimir guerrero jr we didn't know if he's how serious the knee injury was sat out yesterday came in as a pinch hitter. probably improved his odds knowing that now he's injured and oh now he could probably take otani with a bad knee because of the way that he typically gets priced at this point but if i'm just being honest with myself otani is such a superstar that yes he's going to get the nicole Jokic slash you know Giannis treatment which like Well, he's got to have a one ERA and hit 55 home runs for us to give it to him again. And if he has a three ERA and hits 32 home runs, that's just not good enough for an MVP, which is ridiculous, which is basically an MVP is exactly what you're saying he should be. If I'm betting right now, it's still going to be Shohei Otani. I honestly believe that.
4: So for me, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. While still thinking that both guys are obviously in an incredible position. But you guys, everyone knows that I'm still worried Otani gets traded in the middle of the season. Wishful thinking, maybe, but you can't rule it out. You just can't. Here's the other thing with Acuna Jr. I'm getting a better price when he's further ahead on the rest of the field. We all know wins, war is going to matter in a Major League Baseball MVP race. Everybody knows that. Position players wins above replacement, Donnie. Acuna Jr. is at a 3.1. He's the only player in baseball above a 3. But here's the bigger thing. There are seven players at a 2 War or better. He's the only guy from the National League that that's true of. That is how far ahead Acuna Jr. is right now over the entirety of the National League. While Otani is Otani and he's going to almost assuredly win this as long as he stays healthy and stays inside the American League. Which again, that second one, I'm not so sure of, but the gap between Acuna Jr. and his other counterparts is bigger than that of Otani. Again, Otani is supposed to be a war cheat code, and at some point he probably will pull away from the field, but if you go over the entirety of the American League, he is behind right now Marcus Simeon, Garrett Cole, and Wander Franco. Like, I could at least, Donnie, attempt to make an argument that Otani shouldn't even win MVP if we voted in the American League today. Acuna mm. Jr. has been the best player in Major League Baseball through the opening, you know, 45 or so games here.
5: A long way to go, is, and also take a look at Otani here. Get this. He, we do think he stays in the American League, but if he does, and let's just say he's on the trade oh. block, here's what you're going to hear from the New York fans. We're not giving up Volpe. Volpe's off oh, the table boy. with Sh- 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 Kevin. You know, you get ready for it, right? You know that's coming. Yeah, no, it's straight up. It's, like we won't know, even trade what, us. We need more back. Yankees fans would need more back from Los Angeles to, in order to get Shohei Otani with Volpe.
4: But, but let me ask this to now. I mean, do you worry? You know, let, let's just say, o- what if Otani got traded to the Braves? Then Acuna ah. Jr. has no chance to win. Split votes. Right? Yeah. Split votes. How would he be able to be competitive in that market? It's going to be an argument. Stanley it's going to be an line. argument down in the basement. It is. We're
5: at
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
6: Ah. <sighs>
4: Donnie did it. Could you believe it? I mean, my guy, my friend and yours, Maddie Kachuk. Did you stay up, Donnie, for the whole game? Was this game something yes. on by the time you woke up this morning? I actually? think it was. What was the deal here? It, it, yeah, it could have
5: been one of those where you wake up and the game's am like, is this a replay or not? not at this point, which how early I get up. But, no, I assume it was uh, done way before that. Before overtimes, man. Shout out to the people that are staying in the arena for that one and staying awake for that. That's pretty impressive. Would you have left? Uh, it's number one. I wouldn't have been there with this uh, lifestyle that I have. But back in my day, I absolutely would have stayed. Yes, yeah.
4: Okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Call, maybe we we'll have a Stanley Cup final I'm struggling game. with. Yeah. So. Come on now. Come on now. You you can hang. Uh, as we mentioned, ten cents of movement between uh, or Vegas and Florida. There, just the separation. Plus two thirty Vegas. Plus two forty Florida. Plus two ninety Dallas. Three to one Carolina. It's all right there. It's all right there, Uh, and just like I said off the top, 10-cent difference there. Tonight's game, DRS, what do we think? Vegas and Dallas, out west. Vegas here with home ice, they're favored, minus 126, total five and a half. What do you see for this game?
5: Yeah, wrong on the I – mean, we went to four overtimes. It's not like the NBA, right? We just start stacking goals, and it doesn't matter to the end of the period. So that game stayed under the total. But I'm still going to ride early in the series going over the total at five and a half. I mean, imagine that. Imagine me giving out a play like, yeah, man, what's we went to four OTs. How did that go over? My goodness, what
4: happened uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's a, I You kind of like caught should yourself have been there. 19, like, I don't understand. We lost yeah. the total in Come four on. overtime. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, which, by the way, I mean, now, if they could just could score unlimited in overtime like that, you exactly. mean soccer really, does it uh, open it Dumb up rules. Here. Can I t- <laughs> can I can I tell you the number that catches my eye the most when it comes to night stars? Mm-hmm. It's the start time on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 837. Cool. What, what is that unlocked feature that they don't have for the NBA where it's always a guessing game when that game is going to begin? What is that by about By the way, there? Toronto used to have
5: 7-Eleven Starts, sponsored by 7-Eleven. Now, that's pretty good.
4: Mm, a little All we'll right, be right back. Mm.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.